Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Okay, not so serious Sunday with Brandon and Evan. Welcome to the show. We don't know what we're going to talk about today, but Evan's just but, looking at me. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, just keep going. Let's see what's going <laughs> to just like leave you floundering. Maybe that, that'll be a fun episode. I'll just, I'll just like nod my head and I'll say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just see how, how long you can go on mm-hmm. your own. <laughs> well, you do that sometimes. I usually get into my soapbox, you know, speech, my monologue. At well, some point. Well, you know, I like to think that I'm in some way a part of that, you yeah. know, the conversation leads to it and then you just kind of go off on it. You know, it's, it's an organic thing. Yeah. It's not like you plan to be like, all right. And at this moment I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to take a little side note here. It's just something usually I get passionate about or really pissed off about. Yeah. Usually having something to do with the education system, which is a good point, you know? So, uh, you know, I think, um, if there's something that you're pissed off about or passionate about, that's something that can come up on a not so serious Sunday, just something about art and, uh, you know, this industry. Um, you know, I'll, I, I don't know. I'll start us off with some stuff. You know, I've been, it's been interesting actually this last little bit. Um, so being around, been being around more industry, more industry events and things like that and like people and whatnot. And you know, it's, it's funny how much people want to talk about what they're doing and what they're up to. And I'm on this show or I'm doing this thing or I'm doing, or what are you doing? What's, and it's like, you know, I don't know what it is, but for me, I, I'm like, I don't want to just talk about that all the time. I mean, it's, it's really nice. I mean, it's great. You know, you have a little success and whatever, but I don't know. When I look at my life, I think there's just so much more than my writing career or my acting career or whatever else. Right. And, uh, and I think that sometimes um, we can get so caught in this industry. I mean, I know in the film industry where it's all we're talking about all the time, you know, and I think that that kind of, I think it, it's, um, it's not filling us up creatively, you know? No, I mean, it's just you're, when you are so closely identify who you are by what you do. I mean, not to say that what you do isn't important to, to who you are, but, you know, when, when that becomes all that you're about. It's exhausting. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was pretty heavy in like acting school, you know, like that was just like, that was my, that was my life. I was taking this class and this class and this class and this class and, you know, rehearsals and, and whatever. And it was great. And I'm glad I I did that and dedicated that time. Um, but I remember just at, at some point after like a couple of years of that, and, you know, you're around this community, which is a lovely community. Um, but you know, there's, it was just like, got so exhausting mm-hmm. because that's all it was about, you know, like people's entire identities were about being an actor mm-hmm. and it's just like, Oh, but what about, I don't know, other stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like anything else, yeah. like literally anything else. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's a risk with that. I mean, a book that we talk about very often on here is, um, the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. Uh, and you know, he talks, he talks a lot about, about not being like how being a professional means actually being somewhat removed and somewhat detached from what you do. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think that's true. I mean, you know, that's one of the things I've been finding with, uh, with writing is, um, you know, getting, a, just getting away. Like, I mean, I, I, I've been working at like just reading more plays and reading more screenplays and doing stuff like that. Right. But, um, getting away from it, getting out into nature, talking to people. I mean, I went out to an event last night. Um, it was a, a local musician. It was really great. And I was, you know, I was connecting with a few people and, um, you know, connecting with one person who was like, uh, who, who had gone through, got their psychology degree. And, and then they were talking about doing law or whatever. And we were kind of just talking about people and life and, and not so much about, I mean, uh, not so much about what we were doing in our careers, but just about like how, um, also this person had studied a lot of criminology, which was, I was really fascinated in, you know, and I, I find like, you know, writing, for example, crime thrillers, I mean, it wasn't other crime thrillers that have really helped me write good crime thriller movies. It's studying criminology, like understanding how, you know, the criminal mind works and, and understanding, you know, you learn more about law enforcement, you learn about things, you know, and I think that that's where all the fuel comes from. You know, that's where all the creative creativity comes from. And also psychology was massively helpful. So I think like, if you really want to enrich what you're doing, you know, you, you need to like talk about, uh, topics that, that you're curious about, that you're interested about. I, I guarantee that talking about what shows are coming to town and all that other stuff and who got what role is not helping you. It's not making you better to talk about that stuff. I mean, granted, it's good to be up to date and to know, sure. Yeah. But for the most part, like, I don't think you should put a lot of time and energy into worrying about that and thinking about that. Um, you know, I actually, it's funny now I think about, it. I went on a date this week. Um, and, uh, I went, I, I was, uh, and I, this person, I didn't realize, but they turned out to be an actor and, um, the whole time they just wanted to talk about their acting the whole time. And I was just like, and I kept trying to change the subject and go somewhere else. Yeah. But they kept bringing it back to like, and I was on this show and I did this thing. This was this set experience. <laughs> it's like, and some of the stories were good, you know, but I was like, okay, but can we talk about anything? And I was like, I was like, man, like I really don't want to talk about the industry right now. Like yeah. I want to, I went on a date to get away. I do this all day. Like I don't need to, not that I love, I love, uh, I, I love movies. I love storytelling, you know, but every once in a while I got to come up for air is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you know? do. You need to, you need to refill the well, Yeah. you know, you need to recharge that. I mean, your, your art doesn't fuel your art, you know? acting doesn't feel you're acting, you know, it's like, it's, it's life. It's always life that fuels these things. You know, I heard, uh, Daniel Day Lewis actually, um, and I don't know the whole extent of this story or, or what, but, um, I heard that he was a shoemaker for like a year or two. Like he went, yeah. you know, he, he would go off and do stuff like this. And, you know, you look at him and he's arguably one of the best male actors alive. And, um, you know, and I look at him and I just look at some of the choices, um, and it's, yeah, like he seems to go and do stuff to fill his acting well, you know, to fill his life, to, um, to be more experienced as a human being. And I, I think, um, that's really where, and I'm sure you could think of countless examples, but I mean, if you look at him and you think, well, he's the best, he must practice all the time. He must just do acting all the time, but it's not the case. I actually, I think what, what he does for whatever he does, he probably works on his voice, probably works on his, he probably has some work that he does. Yeah. Right. I know he goes into character for a while and tries things on doing it very method or whatever, yeah. but, um, he also seems to step away from it and go try new things. And, uh, 
you know, and I think that he sees that as filling his, his well, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's not, and he's not doing it out of a place. Uh, I mean, I guess I can't really speak for him, but from the impression I get of the type of person he is, you know, he's not, he didn't go off to Italy to be a cobbler and learn that skill, yeah. that craft because you're like, Oh yeah, that would be like really eccentric and interesting of me to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he know, wasn't doing go, it just to be interesting. Like, yeah. yeah. Like he did it because he was interested. Yes. He was legitimate for whatever reason. Yeah. He was like <laughs> interested in learning how to be a cobbler. Yeah. And, and so he went and he did it. And like, I know that like people have asked him about it, like over the years and he doesn't really, he kind of refuses to talk about it because right. it was like, no, like that was, that was my experience. I don't like, and he doesn't want anybody to make anything of it. Right. right That's right. that it isn't, you yeah. know, he's just like, no, it's just, it was something I wanted to do and I did it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of beautifully, it's, you follow your excitement. Right. You know, that was, um, I watched, uh, I saw this YouTube recently and it was this guy talking about, uh, manifestation, you know, yeah. this whole concept of manifestation. And he was saying like, it's really quite simple. And it is what excites you most right now. Do that. Right. Right. Like it doesn't have to, like, it doesn't have to be this big picture of like, oh my God, this is going to be the thing for the rest of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like what, like even from the small things, like what excites you the most right now, do that. And then that will eventually lead you to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, well now I'm at this crossroads. What excites me the most? Mm -hmm. Do that. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's really important. I mean, uh, it, I mean, it, it, it's in so many areas, you know, for me, like, I mean, I spent most of my time in the film industry really pursuing my acting career and for a while my film career, but acting was a real big thing for me and, uh, like filmmaking career, but acting was a really big thing for me. And there was a certain point where my screenwriting career was kind of starting to blossom and I could see that I was going to get a lot of opportunities and things were really happening there. And, um, I started writing scripts more so that I could be in them as an actor. That's really where it all kind of came from. And so it could help me make my movies or whatever. But screenwriting was not really, in the beginning, my favorite thing to do. It was something actually, to be honest, I love storytelling, but screenwriting was more of something I felt I had to do right. so, so that I could do more of the stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. But then, um, you know, the last few years, I actually got a lot more excited about screenwriting and less so excited about, not that I'm not, I still don't love acting and filmmaking, but I, I wasn't really as passionate about them and, um, deciding, making that decision to put my acting career to the side so I could focus on being a writer was a really hard decision for me, but I kind of had a hard time with myself and I decided that it's like, well, you know, if acting is not meant for you, which maybe it isn't, I don't know, but if it is not meant for you, then that's okay. You don't have to be an actor just cause you spent most of your life doing it you know, and you worked hard at it doesn't mean that that needs to be your path because yeah. I was getting to the point where I was going to auditions. I wasn't really happy. Like my, my agent would call me and they'd be like, you got an audition. You got two auditions. You got three auditions. I'd be like, and every time I get a call, instead of being really excited about it, I would be like, ah, damn it. I, I want to be <laughs> writing right now. Like this means I'm going to have to take a break, you know, from writing. And I, and, and you know, it sounds obvious, but like, I was like getting hit over the head with that. And at a certain point I said, okay, you know what? Why don't you just make a choice? to put your acting career aside for, for a few months, or maybe you put it aside for a year, just put it aside. You know, you can do it if you want to pick it up at any time. I mean, nobody's going anywhere, you know, like you still got all the contacts. In fact, you're only getting more through writing. So just, and then focus on writing. Cause that's what you want to do. And so yeah. I decided 
that I would be a writer. And I tell you, it was a really good decision. Yeah. You know, you know, I can, I can relate a lot to that because yeah, like when I, I kind of got into writing for a lot of the same reasons, it was sort of like a, a means to, to an end, um, which is like, okay, I'm going to write stuff. I'm going to put myself in it. Right. Um, and, and it's so interesting because it ends up taking you on a bit of a different, a bit of a different journey. And like, I've learned so much from, from that pursuit. You know, I think, uh, you bring up a really great point in terms of, you know, like say, looking at yourself and, and saying, well, what if I, I didn't do this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what if you didn't identify yourself so much with this, with this thing, you know, like with us, it was like, you know, being an actor and, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm at, at a point where I'm like, well, I'm so much more interested in teaching actors and training actors in a lot of ways right now. Um, it doesn't mean that I won't act again at some point, but right now that's just like, what's most exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible to be like, well, you, I don't need that. You know, it, it scares us a lot to like, look at this thing that we've committed a lot of time to mm-hmm. and say like, well, what if you never did that again? Yeah. Right. And, and it is, it's a terrifying thing. It brings up a lot of like fears and anxieties, but when you actually kind of go and you explore that, especially if it's not making you happy anymore, if it's not bringing you a lot of joy, well then what's to be afraid of Mm -hmm. because you're already not happy. So sometimes taking that step back and now I've been able to come back like with the acting opportunities that have like come my way, like since I've kind of, I almost kind of put it back on, on the shelf and was exploring about, you know, different methods and teaching it as well as, as writing. I have a whole new take on it mm-hmm. that I didn't have before. And, and almost like I'm, there's so much less on it for me now, you right. know, like there's not this pressure around it for me anymore, which, uh, you know, is I feel is translating into more joyful work for me when I'm now doing acting, you know, it's just like, it's like, Oh yeah, this is like so much better. You know, like this whole weight's been released. I have a new perspective on it. And, uh, and I didn't know that that was what was going to happen. You know, like there were moments where I felt like, Oh my God, I'm losing this. Like what's going to happen to me? I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I found, and I've discovered some passions and, and things that I love and explored these things. And, and I'm so much richer for it, Mm. you know? But yeah, it's like that saying, right? It's like, if you love it, let it go. I mean, it's really true. You know, you, you have to, I really think that if you don't, if you're not willing to let go of what you have that you love, um, you never really know, you never really know what love is because even in a romantic relationship, if you find somebody and you need to keep them as yours, you know, they need to be yours and that you're just so scared to lose them. And if you lose them, you're nothing. Um, what if at some point they decide they don't really want to be with you, but they think, well, if I left you, you'd be so hurt that I just don't want to leave you hurt but they, they're basically not staying with you because they love you. They're staying with you because now they just don't want you to feel hurt or upset or whatever. So now what's your relationship, right? Acting is the same way. Uh, any art you have is the same way. If, if it's not, 
until you, until you are willing to dare try the idea that maybe it's not for you, you never really know if it is for you. It's, it's, it's just like anything. And I think that, um, you know, it's it, a lot of, a lot of, uh, what we need to do as artists is we need to become free. We need to become detached even from the art that we do. And all the skills that I've learned as an actor, they're not going away. I mean, I might not necessarily be as sharp at certain things, um, with, without being as practiced, but, um, it's not like those lessons and those, those things and those experiences are going away. They still happened. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I think I was telling you this before, right? About how, is that my cat? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's playing around. Um, I'm going to grab him. Hey. <laughs> Not so serious Sunday, folks. We have, uh, by the way, we should have this podcast, should say, it's it's the Brandon Evans Show and Charlie. Yeah. Charlie's Who often cat. makes an appearance. Yeah. He's in the background. Usually sleeps through these talks, but today he's playing around. Um, anyway, uh, oh, there he goes. Um, so anyway, my point was that... <laughs> Yes. What was your point? What was my, my, my point was that, you know, anything that you have, anything that you think you love, you need to be willing to, to go without it. You need to be willing to be okay because you are not your acting. You are not your career. You're not your money. You're not your clothes. You're not your things. And this is, you know, this is the thing that, you know, until you realize that you're not really free, you are, you are in a sense bound to those. They are your bars of your cell. You're trapped. Um, and you cannot go that way, you know, but um, I think, uh, by your, by being willing to walk away from acting, to not need it, or be willing, willing to walk away from anything, any relationship, any person, anything, any way of life that you think you ought to live, that's when you become free. And then you can come back to it with perspective and you might come back to it, but, but you know, when you come back to it, you'll come back from a place of like, this is truly what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It really teaches you what has meaning to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I, a friend of mine who, uh, I, I went and did Meisner training with, um, I saw him, he, he had put a post just up on Facebook or whatever. And he was just, you know, being like, Hey, like, I'm not looking for pity and sympathy here, but like, you know, I'm, you know, not, not getting into a ton of auditions and, and I'm not, you know, booking like a bunch of stuff right now or haven't booked anything for a little while. Just kind of like like feeling down type of thing. And she's like, does anybody have like any advice for me? And you know, it's, it's one of those things that I'm like, Ooh, you know, I, I'm always, I'm always very cautious about giving people advice on how or on what they should do. But, um, I was looking through it and one person actually said pretty much if I was going to comment on anything, you know, pretty much said what I w- was going to say. And it was basically, what's something else that really interests you right now in your life? Like that isn't related to acting at all. That isn't related to the industry and go and do that. Like just, you know, doesn't like not saying you have to give, give up your acting, but just go and go and explore a little bit in, in your other interests. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Offerman's book, um, paddle your own canoe, which is a terrific read. (laughs) He, he really like gets into that in a few, in a few parts. Like he's a, an incredible, um, woodworker. Like he's, you know, builds, I think furniture for the most part. 
um, and and lovely, yeah, like just as lovely woodworking has an actual shop with other people who work out of it, and he gets contracted to do stuff. And that was one of the things when he was, you know, a, a struggling sort of starving actor in Los Angeles that got him through. I mean, he was making money at it too. Like it was, it was like a job that he had, but he continues to do it. Right. Like he's, he continues to operate the shop and it's just because it's something he loves to do. It's just mm. like working with wood, working with his hands, you know, being, uh, being an artisan in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, and he encourage, he encourages in his book, he's like, like go and find something. He's like, find like what he would risk calling a hobby or as he would prefer, like a, a discipline, mm-hmm. you know, find another like hobby or discipline and, and do that. Like right. no matter what the hell that is, yeah, you know, that's up to you. Like, but what interests you mm-hmm. do it, you know, yeah. like it's these, that's just kind of almost for you, you know, and, and not for, for anything else whatsoever. I think that's important. It helps us to, to, it can be a really meditative thing. Like guitar is like that for me, which is maybe why I've resisted like any sort of thing of like taking it somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, or doing something with it, Yeah, (laughs) you know, because I'm like, I don't know, like, I just love it being so simple and so pure. Like it's something I just like, I can engage in and enjoy and there's no result on it. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's the trouble with, uh, that's the trouble with commercialism with any art form, because you start, you know, you start having to, to some degree, figure out how to make it work in the world, you know, with everybody else. And, um, and I think sometimes, uh, you know, it, it makes it a little bit less, it makes it a little bit less fun and more of a job, you know? And, um, you know, it's interesting, like with acting, I mean, you know, I've done a lot of like, I've, I've done plays and I've done some, some independent movies, some big characters in indie movies, but I've done a lot of like bit parts and TV and things like that. You know, I've done a lot of that stuff. And at first it was amazingly fun. It was like, Oh, I got this part. Wow. I'm a big deal. And, uh, you know, my career has taken off and I made some money and I'm on set and they put, I got my character name and yeah, I got my little like, trailer and you yeah, know, all this next right. stop freaking Yeah. <laughs> like, like Hollywood yeah. and a star on the, <laughs> on the walk. Right. Of course, you know, you got stars in your eyes, but the doing the, doing these little bit parts, they start to, you know, they start to feel like, starts to feel like a job, you know, it starts to feel like a, you know, and then it's like, Oh, you got to cut your hair a certain way. You got to look a certain way. You got to dress a certain way. You got to do this. And you know, and I think about it and, and, and you go, okay, well the, the, it kind of wears off after a while. Like, and I mean, maybe for some people, they really like that, you know, they just like, they want to kind of be like doing bit parts and stuff. And that brings them a lot of joy. If that's the case, then by all means do that, do that a hundred percent. I don't want to be doing that. If that doesn't bring me joy, cause I'm taking away your job. I'm taking away your opportunity. If that's what you love to do, because I don't necessarily love to do that. That's not what I love. And so does that make us better or worse than each other? No, it doesn't matter. It's what you love. It's what I love. It's all good. And so I found like, I literally did back to back. I did two roles. I was hanging out the side of a SUV in both movies, different movies. And I say some weird stuff as we drive by. I have a few lines, <laughs> a couple lines as we drive by. Yeah. And I say some stuff out of the side of an SUV. And I was just like back to back. I booked these roles. And then I booked another role. I was like, 
I rode by on a bike. <laughs> like, I'm just always riding by. Like, my yeah. whole career is a drive-by. You know? <laughs> it's like, and I started to, like, think, this is hilarious. I'm like, but, I'm like, at first this is funny, but now I'm just like, like, and I knew I was playing the game right. I was, I was making my hair look a certain way. I was dressed in a certain way. I was presenting myself a certain way. I was walking around in my life that way, you know, yeah. people knowing me that way. And, um, I started to feel like, wow, like, this, this isn't how I want to walk around in my life, yeah. you know? And it started to, it started to not be so much fun anymore. Yeah. And I think that, um, it's, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a problem. Like if, if someone likes to do that, I think that's totally cool. I just have to know that for myself, yeah. that wasn't fulfilling me. And so, you know, you have to come to a point where you have a heart to heart. Like I had another heart to heart with myself actually earlier this year, which I'm still working on a few details on how to do this, but I thought, you know, you never really know when you're going to pass away. You never really know if you're going to die. Like, I mean, we all like to think oh, I'm going to be 80 and I'll die in my sleep or something or a yeah. hundred or whatever. But you know, life I've, has shown that that's not the case. No, it's not the case. And I've had, I've had friends who have died tragically from accidents and I've had, um, some of my, uh, some people I've known who have died in like, I'm, I'm not telling you like they're early or late thirties just from like, uh, getting sick or like some type of heart thing or something, you know what I mean? Or brain aneurysm or whatever. So I thought to myself, if I found out that I was going to die or, or let's say I became paralyzed or whatever, I thought about this and I thought, what would I want to have looked back and done when I was capable, when I was physically capable to go do these things? And I said, would I would have wanted to make a bunch of movies or would I have wanted to like go travel? And I wanted to travel more. And so I realized, you know what? traveling is more important to me than any of this industry stuff right now. And that was a hard thing to swallow because I was like, wow, maybe I don't really love this as much as I thought I do. And I think it's, and I've kind of come to the point where I'm like, I don't think that it's that I don't love it. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, life is more than I'm not just a screenwriter. I'm not just this guy that writes scripts and writes stories. That's not my life. I mean, I can do that. It's a skill I've learned. It's, it's something I like, but right now in my life at this time, I am, I'm passionate about seeing the world and meeting new people. That to me is more interesting than anything. So, you know, am I going to become a travel guide? Well, probably not, but who knows? It could happen. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And my point is, is that part of, I think, and, and we talked about this early on in our podcast is that part of art is in everything. You could be a lawyer, you could be psychiatrist, you could be anything, you know, you could be a real estate agent, but art is in everything. There's always creativity and I believe that art is also creativity and art are a product of freedom. But most jobs in our industry and in our life today are, are a product of structure. They're a product of, you know, pumping people through a school, through a program, and then you get your thing and then you can do the job. And it's all very systematized and there's not a lot of freedom just, you know, and, and then there's very little self-expression within that structure. Mm-hmm. And so I think artists kind of go outside of the structure. And I think we need to do that in our very life. You have to go, well, I was told my whole life, I'm supposed to grow up, get a job, get married, have kids, buy a house, you know, whatever, retire, retire, get my gold watch. And yeah, then I'll travel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I look at that and you go, well, if that's the system, right. Do, do, I, do I really need to fit into this system? Oh, that's a lot of wind. Yeah. A little brisk, breezy spring day. Yeah. Beautiful though. I've been beautiful what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, I mean, art uh, is, 
you know, sometimes it's a reminder of freedom. Even, even when art is often like art has often been created in a place of oppression, you know, like I think of something like, uh, like the, the blues, like the blues came from oppression, but mm. the music was freedom. Right. You know, like that was like the expression was free, mm. you know, and it was, and that's when, you know, it's just, it's, it's so beautiful and says so much, you know, and you can point to paintings and all sorts of different things throughout time where it's just like, it came from these dark, these dark places, but to communicate, you know, freedom. And I think well, the truth that we are, that we're all free, you know, if, if we choose to, to see ourselves that way. Well, what's that, um, like dance fighting that, um, Oh, capoeira capoeira, you know, that came out of like basically slavery. You weren't allowed to practice fighting and stuff. Oh yeah. And so then they, they were doing their dancing, but it was really a form of fighting. You know what I mean? Um, it was part of uh, martial art essentially. Yeah. You know, and, um, what a beautiful thing that comes out of uh, an, an oppressed place. Right. And I think that a lot of things, you know, um, when we, when we get creative or, you know, actually when we get creative around our oppression, really great things come out. Like in the 1950s and, uh, forties and fifties, there's a lot of great film noir movies that came out. And if you look at some of that dialogue is extremely sexualized, mm-hmm. but they had to hide it with like euphemisms and analogies and things like that. They had to be really crafty about how they were going to put it in. So when they were talking about sex, they'd be talking about like a vacuum or something, but it would really be about sex if you read between the lines. Yeah. And so that was the only way they could be free to express these ideas. But in, in, in many ways, the writing's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. No, just say, yeah, sometimes those limitations can really force you into an, in, an incredible place. You know, I, I talk a, a lot about, you know, in my teaching is of going to a place where, um, where you don't know working right. from a place of the unknown, because that's where, where something extraordinary can happen. You know, like it, it takes on a whole new life because you, you have no idea. Well, that's the thing about structure is that, you know, we want to know. And, and, um, actually I was talking with, uh, with a friend yesterday, um, Seth, who was on the show actually earlier, oh, yes. which you should watch his episode cause it's great or listen to it. <laughs> cause watch, listen, whatever. Use one of your senses. Yeah. Use one of your senses. You won't be able to watch it unless you just, <laughs> well, you could open up a picture yeah, of us watch on the website, bite. you know, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can just look at our smiling faces. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we were having a t- discussion about all this stuff and we we're talking about how like, yeah, like, you know, what feels better? being right or not knowing being right feels better. So just think about how we do our life. We want to be right. We don't want to not know because we want to feel good. We're, we're a species that we've designed our life around feeling good. Like look at the sofas we make, the, the yeah. beds we sleep in. Well, being comfortable, like yeah. just sort of being comfort and being, um, you know, experts in pain management. Yeah. As one of my mentors <laughs> says, we're all, we're all experts in pain management. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's, but that's not freedom though. No. Like that's, that's just, you know, it's so dull. Yeah. It's so, you know, and we're, and we're conditioned to, to be this way. Although I, I feel like we're, we're shifting into a different time now. Like we're, you know, just like, you know, you watch over the last hundred years, you know, our mindsets change and people's attitudes change and, and, things have improved, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just like, you know, some of those things that we're, we're coming up against at, at this point in time where it's, 
you know, we're looking at sort of an old way of, you know, a systematic functional, like, you know, another brick in the wall as (laughs) Pink Floyd said. Yeah. And, and now we're saying like, well, okay, hold on. Because especially now, since the system is all kind of crumbling, like the whole thing isn't, isn't really working. So there's no choice now. We've got nowhere to go, but into the unknown, Mm -hmm. you know, so you've got to learn to, to embrace that. Yeah. Well, people are more aware now. I mean, people are, uh, people know what's going on because, you know, there's YouTube videos of it and people are sharing things across the globe and you're getting different opinions. And granted, a lot of stuff is BS and you get, you know, a lot of people just cloud themselves with videos of cats, but, (laughs) but there's information out there for people to, to get and talk and think and question. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I thought a lot about that actually, uh, you know, for, for with, with my family was much more, my education through my family was a lot more of an entrepreneurial one. It was more of a think, you know, think about what you're doing. Just think about it. And also question everything. Don't like, don't listen to what people say just because they say it. Ask why, get to know why. If you don't have a reason why, don't do it. You know, that's, I came from a, a lot more of that. Whereas, you know, um, I've come to realize that a lot of people have grown up in families where it's just follow the rules, do what you're told, which is totally the opposite to what I learned. It's like question authority. Like I was taught to not just believe a police officer. Like, you know, as I got older, it was like, cause you know, there is, I don't know if you know this, but when I grew up in Quillen, there's corruption going on in the police force. Right. And actually one of the, one of the main dudes, like one of the, um, <laughs> he went down to Seattle and he offed himself. He shot himself in the head cause he was, his corruption was catching up with him. Yeah. This happened like 20 years ago or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe, maybe it was, uh, 18 years ago. It was around yeah. there. You know, you can look it up. Right. And, and his corruption was ca- catching up with him so much. He drove down to the States and offed himself because you know, like, like, and, and not everybody has that education. So now I think with this podcast, I think if anybody who's willing and they're even listening to any of this stuff, which, you know, is if I could share anything with you is like question things, ask why do not follow the rules just for the sake of the rules. Start thinking about why is the rule there? Yeah. Like, why are these things there? You know, don't just because someone's in a position of authority, don't trust them. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're wearing a uniform, you know, but we're taught Oh, they're wearing a uniform. Believe what they say, follow, follow in tow, you know, and it's not true. And, and I think this is the problem. You know, we lead our art right into this too. It's like, you know, you're in a, I'm in a class with a teacher, teacher's talking. I'm, I, I'm going, okay. I, I have two things that I do. I, I try to do two things at the same time and they're kind of paradoxical, but I try to do both at the same time. One is I go, okay, as long as it doesn't compromise my morals or integrity or ethics or whatever, as long as it's, as long as it's not making me do something that I don't believe in, I'm going to go full 100% and try whatever their thing is. I'm going to try it out and see yeah. if it works for me. Because if you do anything half-assed, you're never really going to know. But then after I've tried it, I try to be honest about, okay, how's this going? And I, and I, and I look at, you know, what are they telling me? Where are they coming from? Whatever. You know what I mean? But also before I've even gotten to that class, trying to ask some questions, you know, like, you know, uh, of, of, cause I think like people get into these acting classes and I've been in them before. It's like all of a sudden you're in this little niche, little group and everybody's like in this little group and they're like, this is the best acting class ever. And it's like, well, how many acting classes do you have? This one. 
It's like, how do you know? You know, I've yeah. been to LA, New York. I've been to London. I've, I've, I've studied all over the world. There's so many other people to meet other than this one teacher you're with. So yeah. you, you know, to say that this is the way, like, I would like to know the person who knows the way, because if they do, let's all do their class. Cause they know the way. Right? Yeah. But the thing is, is they don't right? like we like even for yourself and even for myself as teachers, we have to admit, I have a little nugget of truth about filmmaking yeah. that I can impart onto people, but people have answers that I don't have. People oh, yeah. have some wisdoms I don't have, but I'm not going to ever say that I have the way, but I can tell people that there's certain things that I'll tell you why I disagree with the establishment of filmmaking. Cause I don't think they're teaching you certain things the way I think they're systematizing you through it. And yeah. they want a number and they want money and that's all they care about. They don't have your best interests. So I can come from the place of I have your best interests. If I think that you need someone else, I'll send you there. Like, yeah. like if someone needed to learn how to like make a film really quickly, I'd be like, go to Dov Simmons, just go do that course, you know, but don't think that Dov Simmons has all the answers either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause he doesn't. And, and none of us do, but you know, what's great is we have like, in, in many ways, we should have a coalition of teachers, a coalition of educators and people who are wise and, and whatever, who, who work together and don't try to compete against each other. And when someone's wrong, or if I'm wrong, I admit I'm wrong. And I go, okay, you know yeah. what? Let's improve upon this. And that's called the community. Exactly. Right. And, but instead of, yeah, the, the competition and very often that gets all, I think that gets really mixed up. <laughs> well, yeah, you got people competing against each other. Like, you know, who's the best acting teacher in town? It's like, well, you know what? In some ways they're probably all good. And you know what? In some ways, some of them are all, uh, a bunch of them are full of shit, but it's when they think they know the way, when they think they yeah. have all the answers, that's when you really go you know, that's when you want red flags. You want like a red beacon in your, in your head to go off and say, no, nobody has all the answers. In fact, if there's anyone who has all the answers, it's you and the answers for you. That's it. Yeah. Not for anybody else, but you, you might have all the answers for yourself, but that's it. And I think you need to allow everyone else to ultimately find their own answers within, you know, that's the thing about filmmaking. Part of the thing is, it's like, people will say, why don't you do a class where you teach everybody like, how to do this film thing and how to do like move the camera this way and do that. And like, well, if we did, I said, well, if we did, it would be me going, you know, what I would be asking you, we'd be there and I might set it up and I'd be asking you what to do now. And the reason why is because you need to make the decision because when you're on the big feature film, you're not calling me asking me what way to move the camera. You're making that decision. And I'll tell you if I'm not there and you're looking for some other authority to tell you, I'll just tell you, you'll have a DOP that will dominate you or you'll have a producer that will dominate you. Or if you're a writer, someone will dominate you. You need to start believing that your answers and your ideas are valid and important. Even if you don't, feel like you have all the knowledge in the world. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a screenwriter. I'm a young screenwriter compared to a lot of the guys. So for me, I could go, well, I don't have the experience they have. They have way more education. They have all this experience. This all this. at the end of the day, I got to trust what I got because that's what I got. And you know what? I'm going to put that forward and people seem to like it. And when I come from that mentality, things work. Yeah. And I mean, and again, there's, there's no one way of going about things, you know, like there's no, like there's, there's so many, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. Um, <laughs> sorry, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's so many different, different ways. I mean, um, uh, this book I'm, I'm reading, um, A Course in Miracles. One of the things that it says, uh, early on is, um, 
like a universal theology is impossible, but a universal experience is not only possible, but it's necessary. Hmm. And I think that that's ultimately, I mean, you have lots of people with lots of different ideas on how, how to do things. Right. But it's all, it's all ultimately to, to achieve the same type of thing. I mean, the goal is the same, right? Sometimes it gets a little bit lost sight of, I think in all of like the craziness and the competition and the insecurities that are floating around, right? right? It gets lost in all of that garbage. But I mean, everybody's ultimately trying to do the same thing. And, but it ultimately is going to come up to each individual to say, okay, this is what works for me. Hmm. And this is what doesn't, it doesn't make anything right or wrong inherently. It's just whatever's right or wrong for an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's not to say that there aren't, that there aren't some teachers that are better than others. I mean, I've, you know, I, yeah. I've, I've noticed like there are some teachers who have, and again, still like even my favorite teachers and, and the most influential teachers to me who, who, um, you know, really helped me step up my, my level, you know, they have their, they have their critics too. Mm-hmm. They have people who just think that they're completely full of shit Yeah, and whatever. For me, that's just completely not the case. And for most people, like that's not the case. They go, no, this was, this was an extraordinary, but there's always going to be somebody who just doesn't, you know, who just doesn't click. So there are certain, I think, commonalities. There are, or you know, there are teachers who are to have a tendency of being quite consistently, um, well-received. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but there's, well, it just, again, it depends who, who also, it depends who meets public opinion. I mean, uh, you know, in a lot of ways you could be a well-liked teacher because everybody feels really safe and they feel like if they do it right, they're going to get it right. And, you know, and when you're there in your class environment, um, everything's wonderful for the most part. And you know what, in some ways in this industry, because, uh, you know, it wants technicians to do technicianal jobs, even as actors, even artists, they want artists to be technicians in many ways, hit your mark, look at the camera, do this thing, say this line, um, don't do too much and just do that. And, and you know, that's what they want and look right and, and good. Yeah. And you know, you get your good looking person, you're a good looking person. You know how to dress, you know, how to hold yourself, you know, how to talk to people. You're not a weirdo, you know, how to hit your mark, you know, how to look, you, you, you can, you don't even have to bring up that em- much emotion for the most part. It, it, your, your performance doesn't even have to be that depthy and yeah. boom, you could work all the time. And then the thing is, is yeah, that's great. You work all the time. You make probably a lot of money. You might even do okay. But you know, are you going to be someone that's really going to ever have a performance? that's really going to move somebody. Well, not with that model. So you're going to have to transcend that model at some point. Cause I guarantee, you know, like people say, well, you know, look at Pacino or like, like these actors or whatever. And I'm not saying you can start at the gate being Pacino. I'm not saying you can start at the gate being Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Meryl Streep or whatever, where they're yeah. at now, they earn that. But, um, they also transcended being technicians because I guarantee when they're on set, people are looking to them as an authority. They're not looking at other people as authority. What do I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when does that transition take place? Does it take place when you, when you finally won your Oscar? Does it, 
well, clearly not, because Leo took him forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, does it happen when finally you get your roles? No, it starts to happen today, right now, before you've ever booked anything. You start to take an authority in your life today. And you learn the rules, you learn the ideas, you learn what they're trying to do here. And, and um, you know, you start to look at, well, okay, well, now, I think with acting, the, the, the frustrating thing in the industry is that not everybody gets the same opportunities to show. Not every, like, first of all, they don't bring everybody in for the audition. They don't, you know, so they can only bring in so many people. And, you know, if you know this as much as I do, there becomes favorites, you know, casting directors become favorites. They, they, certain people are consistent every once in a while, a person maybe gets a chance taken on them or whatever, but for the most part, they have a job to do. They want to make sure they want to be technicians for the producers and directors and whatever, and make sure they give them good actors. They don't want to bring in a bunch of randoms yeah, because they don't want those people to mess it up and then them look like idiots as casting directors. So there's this whole system that's in place, right? And the system is good. This is the thing. I'm not anti-establishment, anti-system, but as an artist, you need to understand the system and see how you can step outside of it to some degree, because if you are just a pawn within it, you will always be a pawn within it. And that goes for any position that goes for actor, writer, director. It doesn't matter. You know, I look at the directors and the writers and the actors who have kind of moved beyond and who are kind of doing bigger things. They stepped outside of the system to some degree. They play within it in, in, in certain respects, but they know their bounds. They know their movement within it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, cause otherwise you're, you know, you're just a, a, a living, breathing set piece, you know, you're just a living, breathing, uh, you know, you might as well be a pylon. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter because that's, that's the extent you're allowing your art to be. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, really great films and, and whatever, and I know we're focused on film a little bit, but that's capturing a moment that no one expected. And, and that's capturing something that's happening. That's alive. Um, and you know, uh, some shows are designed where they don't really need to capture those moments so much. They just need good looking people to hit their marks and wear this costume and look good in that costume. And yeah, see the lines, move the story forward and you know, yeah. And, and some, some shows are like that. And and that's popcorn entertainment. And I think that uh, if you want to be an actor that just does popcorn entertainment and some people do, that's fine. If that's what you want. I think what we're trying to talk about though, is like, how do we take this beyond popcorn entertainment? Yeah. And how do we not just be artists off on our own, not meeting the standards of the industry? You know, we're trying to find that balance in between all of this because neither is better or worse, but I think it's unfortunate if you're someone who really wants to like have this really illustrious career and you really want to be someone that's doing roles that matter to you and, and, and kind of doing big things, but you believe that you need to play the game so much that your, your career just becomes playing the game and never really expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. Whereas the artist, say the, the artistic artist, the person who doesn't really anti-establishment artist, let's call them that. All right. They're doing, (laughs) uh, they're going and they're going, well, I'm just going to express myself. I don't want to play the game. Well, the game will never let them in because they're not playing by the game. I mean, in some ways this industry is like, it's like a, you know, kind of that term boys club, you know, you have to get in, you have to start to know people, you have to start to be accepted into it. So unless maybe on, you make some kind of outside film and it ends up being really awesome. And then you kind of get embraced that way. But that goes back to, you know, what I'm trying to do a lot with the filmmaking is, well, why don't you go out and make your own career? 
But if you want to go through the auditioning road, if you want to go through the hire, getting hired for jobs, you need to play the game a little bit. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, but you know, don't want to become a slave to the game is what I'm saying. Don't become a slave to the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a it. free man. <laughs> no, I'm already thinking of that. It's like, that's, that's like uh, point number two on the written blog there. Right, yeah. <laughs> don't be a slave to the game. Yeah. Don't be a slave to the game. Um, actually, you know, I mean, that's really, I think that's really, that's what we're talking about in this podcast. We're talking about how to play the game, but not to be a slave to it. That's really what we're talking about. How to be free within the game. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and sometimes it's like, well, do you even want to play the game? You know, it's like, if you don't want to play the game and then how do you, it's like, and, but if you still want to do this thing, you know, how are you going to do that? You know, and, and we've talked about, you know, maybe you take a step away from it. Maybe you find something else, come back to discover, you know, whether it's something you truly, truly want or not. I mean, it's worth taking the time to do. It really is. You know, that's, um, that's one of those, those things that I, I realized is like a, a perception that I, I had all through like a lot of my twenties and stuff, just being like, like, Oh, like I've got to, you know, I've got to make this, make this happen. Like, you know, like time is running out and I can't, I can't stop. I can't take a break. You know, I, I, it, because if I do like, it's, it's all going to whatever, even if I had an interest in, in something else, you know, it's like, no, nope, no, nope, I've, I've, I've made my decision and, and I have to do this. And sometimes like you're following that path, you know, agonizingly, you know, it's just like, it's so painful, but you're just hanging on, hmm. you're just hanging on to this thing so tight, you know, it's, um, you know, like it's, you know, it's like when you're, when you're playing, playing guitar, like one of the things, like when you're holding, holding the neck, uh, early on, sometimes you like you, you learn like that you're squeezing the neck so, so tight and it's all it's doing is that it's like, it's just restricting your movement, you mm. know, but you're hanging on because you're like, Oh, I got to press these strings in and whatever. And then you start to realize it's like, Oh no, you just, you've got to actually relax your hand you know, even though they're doing this job, mm. you know, you've got to, you've got to, they've got to be loose. Mm. They've got to be relaxed at the same time, you know, able to apply pressure when it is called for and then able to just release afterwards. Right. So mm. it's like, you can't, you can't play with a tight hand. <laughs> it's almost impossible. And it is, it's painful Yeah, to do with a tight hand. Right. Wow. And you make it way more uncomfortable for yourself. Um, and it's kind of like that, you know, it's like, you've got to, like just loosen up a little bit, on it, you know, <laughs> just like, there's this great Aldous Huxley quote where he says light, just type in, I, it's a long, long phrase, but, um, just type in Aldous Huxley, um, lightly. And it's a beautiful quote just about going through life. <laughs> really, huh? Really beautiful, really gorgeous stuff. No, that's great. Um, yeah, I, 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 why don't you talk, tell, uh, talk about this beer. Oh yeah. We're drinking. This beer we're drinking is pretty delicious. Um, as they said, it has notes of grapefruit. It's a lager. It is also from Big Rock Brewery. It's called the Mosaic Lager. Um, yeah, and it's got a little, little, little bit of hop to it. It's, um, I, I think it's quite hoppy. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, um, like for a lager, it's just like, bam, like it, uh, but definitely that grapefruit. 
that yeah. he was talking about. I like the grapefruit. I like the Hansley grapefruit a lot. I actually, I do find it a little hoppy. I don't find it that hoppy. I feel like you overdid the hops, Evan, but <laughs> 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 you oversold the hops. But you know what? I, I have, um, I have been embracing the hops a little bit more because I have traditionally not been someone that's been a big hop, yeah. hop person. I haven't really like before we started this podcast, I didn't really like IPAs so much, but I've started yeah. to like warm up to them more. Um, but yeah, no, it's and good. It's, yeah, it's no, a little it's, bitter. It's uh, not as hoppy as an IPA is, no. but for a lager, it is, it, I'm, I'm just mean like for a lager, it's sure. really okay. hoppy. I'll, yeah. I'll bite that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get another glass of this stuff actually in a minute. All right. So do you have anything interesting to say? <laughs> Will I go do that? <laughs> <laughs> just like Evan's just going to sit here and, and talk to himself, maybe oh. sing a little song. um but no i i really like uh how we've how we've gone on this one you know especially for not so serious sunday where you just start and and get into this wonderful delightful conversation about um i don't guess the choices that uh that we make and the and the attachments that we have and and about freedom within that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to like recap a little bit for myself. It's just like, all right. Yeah, so like, we covered we a few this? topics. I mean, we started off with, uh, we started talking about filling the well and how your art doesn't really fuel. And we've mentioned this a few times in other podcasts, but yeah, I think this is really true. I mean, I think that we got to follow what we're passionate about, what we're excited about. And sometimes that's not going to be our art and that's okay. I think sometimes we think, well, if I'm not doing my art, I'm somehow letting myself down. But you know, I actually, and I, I think I shared this before, but one of my friends, she's actually in con right now. Uh, her short film is there and, uh, you know, we went, we went on a hike and, um, I was telling her uh, just about how like, yeah, I, you know, I feel like when I, when I go hiking, I feel like that's where a lot of my ideas come from. And she just pointed out to me, she's like, well, yeah, cause hiking's a part of your job as a writer, you know, for you, it's a part of your job. You know, you, you go and this is where you get ideas and you love hiking and you're passionate about it and whatever. And I was like, yeah, it's true. And so, it, it really kind of like, cause there's so many times where I'm like, I need to read this play or I need to write this scene or I need to do this thing. Yeah. It's like, and, and sometimes where the most creativity is going to come from is from something else, you know, and, um, trying to force it and sit there and also like seeing, I was only seeing like a hike as like a break. I wasn't, even though I was working on those hikes in many ways, yeah. I was only seeing it as a break, but I realized like, yeah, you know, um, so I can imagine so wrong with that either. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. Like I, I, um, it's something that you were talking about earlier when you were sort of giving out sort of like in, in terms of advice, but like watch out for those, those shoulds. So when those shoulds are creeping into your, into your head, that's a, that's a good sign that you're, you're starting to move away from what, what you're actually, what you actually want to do. Hmm. You know, those shoulds very often, <laughs> you know, are, are just things that you think that you should be doing that would look good if you did it. And, and, but they're, they're not the best thing to follow. And it's interesting because like going on hikes, like there's so many great, like writers, thinkers, scientists who their ideas that they were working on, or they just came up with brand new ideas going for walks like in the woods or something like they just 
Like there's, and there's actual science to like give causal reason for that. Um, in terms of how your brain works and, and the types of the, the parts of your brain that are activated when you engage in activity like that. But we have this, uh, this sick sort of mentality, especially in the Western world that, you know, you're wasting your, you're wasting time. Mm. You know, it's like, what do you mean you went for a walk? What do you mean you took yourself out to, you know, to a movie or mm-hmm. you took yourself out to, you know, I don't know, like whatever, whatever kind of is something that's actually enriching to you. Yeah. But, and we feel guilty about it. Yeah. And it's a, it, because we, we're in a society that feels like in order for us to have success, we have to be in pain and we have to be suffering. Yeah. We're, we're taught hard work. Yeah. Hard work. This has got to be difficult. If you're not unhappy, you're not working. (laughs) No, it's a real problem. I mean, people, people think that what they, their work, like they think of it as like a negative thing, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting too. I mean, you could be working some Joe job or whatever you're doing, but you know, why are you doing that job? You're doing that job because the job makes you money. So it's a good thing. You know, you, you know, you don't have to do it and like not like doing it. I mean, you're doing it for a purpose. If you don't like doing it, you could do something else, but you can also choose to like it. Um, you know, actually I used to sell shoes for a little while and they were like, you know, you're so happy all the time selling shoes. What's the deal? And it's like, I don't love selling shoes. Don't get me wrong, but I'm here for eight hours. What else am I going to do? I mean, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, one of my teachers actually said to me, she's like, yeah, you sell shoes with gusto. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, because I was like, I just was like, well, this is what I'm doing. And you know, what was really great about that job was while I was selling shoes and doing this other stuff, I was, you know, I was talking to people, I was interacting with people. I was looking at all the positives of like being in this place it was yeah. making me money, it was paying my bills and it was helping me pay for acting classes and do whatever I need to do. Right. And, um, it was good. And, uh, and I got a great discount <laughs> yeah, I did. and I bought a lot of shoes. <laughs> That's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean like whatever job you're doing, I mean, you know, even if you don't want to be doing that job, even if you want to be doing something else, um, you know, I think you might as well decide to enjoy your time, understand the reason why you're doing whatever you're doing. That's what it comes back to my first thing in the beginning. Ask why that was what's always taught. Mm. Why am I selling the shoes? You know, and I used to talk to my dad about this. My dad's like a pretty proficient real estate agent. And, and he was teaching me sales tricks about how to sell shoes, but it didn't matter. He didn't make really any commission off of it, but he was, you know, he he was teaching me how to connect with people, how to, and we had this common bond and, you know, and, uh, it was great. You know, I was like, wow, you know, this is a good job. You know, it helps me connect with my dad more. I'm making some money. I'm meeting new people. I'm actually getting discount on a bunch of shoes. I'm walking around with nice kicks everywhere I go. You know, (laughs) it's okay. You know, so, but, um, you know, you could be working, uh, you could be working as a server or whatever. You just common job as an actor. It's like, well, you're out there in the public, you're meeting people, you're, you know, you're doing stuff, you're active. Um, you have something to go to. Uh, you know, I can tell you one of the hardest things about being a full-time, you know, full-time screenwriter, actor, artist, whatever, right? One of the hardest things, um, by being totally like, I'm my own boss and everything. I can decide what I do is I don't really have anywhere I have to be unless I decide to be there, which sounds lovely, but I have to tell you sometimes it's a real, 
Like it's, it's, it, it really gets in your way. It really yeah. has gotten in my it's way. It's a test in your discipline. It is. Yeah. Cause sometimes just having to show up at work at nine o'clock or five o'clock or whenever the hell your time is, is a really good thing to have to do that day because yeah. you go, well, I have this thing to do. So I better start getting my act together at a certain point. Yeah. You know, whereas when you don't have anything to do during the day, you're like, well, I could sleep in. I think I'll sleep in. I feel like sleeping and sleeping in would be nice. And then it's like, you know, you do that enough and you're like, what am I doing to myself? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, uh, um, and I, I think fortunately I built some disciplines, but there's areas where I'm like, man, I need to get my act together. Like, and, and I say that to people sometimes I'm like, I am literally the worst fucking employee for myself because I don't beat myself up about it. You know, like, I, yeah. like I, I mean, I do later, but not in a good way. Like I don't like hold myself accountable to not showing up to work on time sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? But if I was in a real job, you, you know, you, you probably do it just because you don't want to get fired. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in certain ways, I think, um, there's a blessing in everything. And, uh, and I think we might as well not look at work as hard. We might as well look at it as like purposeful. Yeah. That's, that's my point. That's my long speech about purpose. Yeah, no, it's, but ask it's why, all why are to, you doing what you're doing? Right? Yeah. It's all to an end. I want to say too, it's like, you know, it, it's also one of the benefits of, of being somebody who's like completely self employed as well. Like there is that, that challenge of, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm keeping on it and, and putting my, my time in my hours in, you know, to this thing that I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, you don't have to answer to anybody. You don't have to like, there is, that's part of the freedom that you actually kind of want from it to say, it's like, Oh, well, you know what? I, you know, sat down like half an hour, an hour later than I was planning on doing it. Right. That that's kind of one of the reasons why you want to be in that position as well, you Mm -hmm. know, so that you're not in some ways like forced to like into that situation. Like it's, it's, but you know, it's like when everything is just like when you're doing nothing, that's like, that's, that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, but that, well, it's not bad in and of itself, but it's bad when you have goals and aspirations and stuff and you know that you're selling out on those, you know, um, uh, and, uh, you know, like an improv, right? Improv it's happening and it's so random. You don't really know, yeah. but even improv has some structure to it. Even improv has some direction. Yeah. And I think when, uh, you know, um, cause I, I, most artists I've talked to have said, you know, I so want to be in that position. Like they just, it's all they want. They want to be totally free. And I can say, yeah, it is a great thing. Like I, I totally appreciate it and love it. And I don't, I don't want to change. I don't want to necessarily go another way. Um, I've earned getting here and I'm happy to be here and it has its challenges, but I have to say that, you know, it's really important to have more clear purpose than ever. You have to have more purpose because if you don't have more purpose and more direction, um, you can easily get lost in the mix because they have so much freedom. Yeah. You know, um, and you start making choices from a place, more places of value. Like for example, um, you know, I had, uh, I have, um, well this podcast and then three other meetings that I'm organizing in these next few days. And so for all of that stuff, I can move them. I can move the days. I can move the time. I can arrange. Someone messaged me actually earlier today. They said, Hey, um, I'm in town. Can you do the hike of the chief or whatever tomorrow? And I had a meeting that was tomorrow at a certain time, which conflicted. And I go, okay, great. So I 
message this person, figure it out, moved it to the next day, now I open up my day, now I can go for a hike. So I can do stuff like that. But, the, 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 but what's really important when I'm doing all those decisions is for me to be really clear of like, why do I want to do this? What, why is this important to me? And learning how to also say no, because also when you're, when you're extremely free and open, you can get a lot of people saying, hey, you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to do, you want to do everything. Then all of a sudden you start doing everything for everyone else and not enough stuff for yourself in a way, you yeah. know, unless you're really connected to why you're doing it. Right. So you've got to know your why you got to know your purpose because you can do what everyone's asking you, but you got to know why are you doing that? Right. Yeah. That's, and, and I think sometimes when you have a job, there's certain things like people will say this when they have a job, they'll be like, well, I can't do that. I'm working. And it's like, well, you could, but it's like a total cop out, but it's easy for you. And I'm, you know, sometimes I just let people get away with it if I don't know them too well. But I'm like, it's really, you could, but I don't want to get in that whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have to think about it for them. It's black and white. I can't do it. I'm working. But when you have an open schedule, it's great. It's like, I could do that or I could do what I was going to do, or I could do something else entirely, or I could do with 10,000 other things that I also want to do. So, you know, your, your, your choices are not black and white. They're not one or the other anymore. They're, they're a thousand choices. And so it becomes, you know, people become paralyzed by choice, right? They say. And so that's one of the things, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm so sitting which one here, is more exciting to you, right? That's why you have to have purpose. That's why you have to know your why. Yeah. And, and I, I thought, and you pretty much touched on it, but yeah, it's like, you know, being like knowing your purpose, knowing your why, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I find that people can sometimes get a little overwhelmed, um, by their purpose or, um, have trouble following through. And I think you said the word was, was, was connected staying connected to your purpose, you know, like, and that why part of your purpose. Um, because you know, you can have, you can have a purpose and be like, yes, this is what I'm doing. This is like what I'm here to do or whatever. You can have that sort of feeling about it, but you know, those, those feelings can, can dwindle, you Mm -hmm. know, and doubts will come up right? And you'll question yourself, you know, in those things. And that's why I think it is so important to do those things like going for a hike or doing the things that you need to do to stay connected Mm -hmm. to what that is. Like right now I've like, I decided to write a book like just five days ago, I guess, or something like that. (laughs) Oh no, maybe it was a little bit, oh, maybe almost about a week ago. Yeah. And, and I started and I started on it and I've been working on it and, and I've been like sort of listening to a certain type of music. Like I've been like sticking to like making sure I do certain things within my day because these little, these little things that I do are keeping me connected to it. They're keeping me like, Oh yes. Yeah. Like I know why I'm doing this. I know I'm doing this. So it's like, it's something that you have to nurture. It's something you really, it's like almost like affirming your purpose to yourself all the time. Um, I don't know where, where I heard. Oh, maybe it was cat. It might've been (laughs) cat who was telling me about this and she got it through somebody else as well. So it's like, information through, you know, one person to another, to another, but, um, it was about affirmations, you know, like I think probably a lot of people are familiar with what, what they are having a daily affirmation or plural affirmations, mm-hmm. um, which are, you know, basically if, if you don't know what they are, it's, 
it's almost like your own personal sort of mantra, mm. like something that you say out loud or in your mind, but preferably out loud, like every day to yourself. Right. And, and you, and it helps you kind of keep yourself like in line in, in a lot of ways. Um, but this one piece of advice was like, no, you've got to be doing it. Like you've got to be like consistent with it. Like you've got to like, like you should be saying that mantra to yourself, like as many times as you can throughout the day, you know, at least like every, like at least like half a dozen times a day, Hmm. you should like look at it, read it, say it out loud. right? Right. Because it's like our, there's so many things going on in our lives you know, from, for most of us, there's so many things that are going on and, and so many responsibilities and, you know, and then the mind that comes in that says, Oh, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And, and the doubts and all of these things keep on coming up. Like we're not static creatures, you know, our, our emotions, our thoughts change from moment to moment, hour to hour, you know, like we're in a completely different mood from the start of the day to, you know, where we are at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it, it, and so that's just like it, that extends over, over weeks and months and years as well. So it's like, you've got to like, you've got to keep on it, you know, mm-hmm. like really, like if you find something that really gives you a sense of purpose, you've got to nurture it. Yeah you've got to really take care of it and nurture it. Don't think that it's just going to be this self perpetuating machine of motivation. Yeah. You know, motivation is fleeting, you know, it yeah. can be fleeting. Right. So oh, it's for like, sure. Yeah. You know, you got to watch out too, as I was going to say, um, you got to watch out for what's a distraction. Um, mm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing is that, you know, sometimes I think, and this happens to me way more than I'd like to admit, but it's, um, you know, where you get distracted because you're not clear on your purpose and you're not clear on your why, or I'm not clear on my purpose and I'm not clear on my why I should say. Um, and what happens is I don't really know what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm not really connected or whatever. And, uh, something comes up and I, I like the idea of doing that. And I go, yeah, I'd like to do that. But really it's a distraction Cause you know, that's the problem with just following what you want to do without purpose and without a why it will totally mislead you what mm-hmm. you want to do. But if you know, if you have purpose and you know why you're doing it and you know, you're connected to that, then your answers of knowing what to do will be very clear. They'll be very easy. But if you have no purpose, no reason why, and you're not connected to anything, you'll just do the thing that's comfortable. You just do the thing that seems nice. And, um, and the thing is, is it will be kind of, you, you'd be like an unguided missile, you know, and eventually you're going to hit something and it's going to be destruction and it's probably not going to destroy what you wanted to. And you know, it's not good. So, I mean, uh, you know, not that we're trying to destroy something, but you, you know, essentially that's what you're doing. Right. And, uh, so I think, um, y- you know, the thing that I'm realizing more and more as I go through this is if I go for a hike, I love hiking why am I going for a hike? You know, knowing the purpose of the hike, like, you know, something that's, I have values, you know, so I have values. So one of the real high values for me is being creative and and opening my mind and pushing my mind beyond my normal environment. So that's part of why I hike. Another thing is I like to hike with people and I like to hike alone too, 
But if someone wants to hike, I like to take them up on it because one, it's a great opportunity to build a connection with someone else, you know, and social and being connected with other people is really important. And I don't think for a moment that any person that I connect to isn't filling my art. You know, everybody has the chance, but if I just do it because I'm like, you know, I don't really feel like writing today. I don't really feel like doing this script read. I don't really feel like doing this thing. It'd be, it'd be easier to go hike. That's like it. I could do the exact same thing, but from the wrong or from a negative, almost purposeful place. It's not from a purpose. It's from like a a aimlessness, you Mm -hmm. know, but if I do it from a place of purpose, like, you know, I want to hike. I like hiking. It's, uh, you know, and I can, and I can connect it, you know, and that's the thing about being connected is when you see how, cause everything is connected, but it, I think what's important is that it, it helps us to see how things are connected. You know, like, um, the job you're doing today is an opportunity to help you down the road. If you can see how that's connected, you're going to enjoy a lot more what you're doing. If you don't see how it's connected, you're probably not going to enjoy what you're doing. So that's why connectedness is so important. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's, that's been one of my really interesting things that I've been going through this journey because, you know, it's, it's funny because you get what you want and then you just create some other problem. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, um, it, it sounds so silly. And, and I, and I used to say this, I'm like, that would never happen to me when I get what I want. I'm just going to be happy, but you just create some other problem because there's some other feeling, some other insecurity, some other thing that comes up. And so then, you know, there's just some other problem. Like, like once you like, you know, I, I was telling this to actually one of my clients and he's become a really good friend of mine, but I was telling him, it's always funny, man. I get this success in my writing career. I'm over the moon when I get it. This lasts for a little while. And now now I'm like, now I need to be here in my writing career. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I'm in the exact same place I was before. It's just like, it's just now it's another further place I'm supposed to be. And and I don't think this is ever going to end, Evan. <laughs> so I'm starting to just embrace the fact that, uh, yes, maybe I'm on the stage and, and, and progressing towards getting to wherever it is I think I'm supposed to be. But I'm really trying to accept that right now is perfect and it's supposed to be the way it is. And there's there's an opportunity here and this is, I'll never get this opportunity quite the way it'll be right now. So, yeah. and that's hard though, but that's, you know, and I really think, um, you know, that's the thing I'm working on is, 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 you know, cause you're, I think also your purpose and your why evolves because yeah. things get more complex. You know, when you start, when you're a little kid, everything's really simple, but as you become older, you get more awareness of the world you have, there's more complexities to it because not, not, there wasn't those complexities, but you're aware of those. And so you have more, um, more things to, to deal with, you know, more obstacles to get around, whatever. Right. Yeah. Really enjoy the place that you're at. Mm -hmm. You know, like really, really enjoy it because yeah, it's not going to (laughs) stop. No, like it's not going to stop. It's, it's, it's a continuous journey with new challenges, new things that we're going to come up against. Most of those things are, within ourselves, you know, all of the big battles are won and lost (laughs) there. Right. And, and yeah, I think learning to embrace, to embrace that is, is the only way to go, you know, like instead of trying to fight this whole thing and to try and, you know, use a lot of energy and trying to fix your problems from, from something that's outside of yourself, you know, that something else is going to give you the, the, you know, the joy and the peace in your life that you're looking for. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's fruitless. Yeah. You know, like it's never going to happen. Um, 
because yeah, it's never going to like all of these things are never going to stop. It's part of who we are as people and as what we are as people. Mm -hmm. We come up against our blocks. We come up against our challenges and we grow and we evolve and we, and like, it makes everything so much more worth it. You know, when you come out the other side of it, when you, and you come out a little bit wiser, Mm -hmm. you know, and things do get a little bit easier in some ways, you know, it's like, they do get a little bit easier. It doesn't stop problems from coming up, but for me, it's like a sense of trusting, you know, now it's like, I find I'm settling into a place of just trusting where I'm just like, okay, you know, like this is what's going on for me right now. This is the thing I'm coming up against. I'm trusting that this is all going to unfold. I'm going to try and be as present to it as I can be Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, learn from it, you know, as with as little resistance as possible Mm -hmm. um, to what's going on. And I've been getting in the practice of saying, thank you. Mm. of saying thank you to when these things come up. That's good. Right. Just being like, oh, okay. Like I'm in this place and it's thrown me into a little bit of a shit storm. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's a, that's an amazing, amazing awareness you're having around that. I mean, that is really the key. And, uh, you know, it's, um, <clears throat> it's interesting, you know, and I, it, it's, uh, I, I feel like it's old programming, you know, for me, it's old programming. There's old programming I'm trying to break in my mind about how I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be, you know, what I'm supposed to do, because I have competing values. You know, there is this part of me that's like, you know, how easy it would be for me to just finish my degree, go get a normal job, start making some money Buy, you know, I could, I can move somewhere else other than Vancouver, buy a house, get a family, do all that stuff. I could do that. I'm perfectly capable, you know? And, but the thing is, is that, and there is this part of me that wants to do all that. Um, but if I did it, it wouldn't really be authentically me. It would be because that's what I think I'm supposed to do. And then there's this other part of me that's like, pursue your dream, go after what you want. You know, um, uh, Seth was pointing out the other day, he said, you know, I said, you know, I've tried some big things and I failed at some of these big things I tried. He said, that's amazing. He's like, those are three ways that you tried to do it. Those are three ways that maybe didn't work, but there are three ways you expressed yourself. You, they were the way that you would do it, you know? And um, you know, like, um, and I'm sure that many people can relate to this struggle. You know, you're an actor or filmmaker, whatever you go, well, I'm not, I'm not Martin Scorsese or I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm not Meryl Streep or whoever. Right. And I was kind of like, and in some days I feel like that. I'm like, well, yeah, I've had some writing success, but I'm not Aaron Sorkin. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, so, so now it's like, it, it, it just becomes this comparable. And the thing is, is like, well, you know what? I didn't live Aaron Sorkin's life. I lived my life. And my life got me to here and I'm this person and starting to embrace the fact that this person that I am today is a, is an all right guy. You know what I mean? It's like, this is, you know, and he's not perfect, but he's me. And I, and I've, I've walked this path and I've done this struggle and yeah. I've, I've made it to here and I have the choice to do what I want with this, Yeah. you know? And, um, and, uh, and the thing is, 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 you know, and I think that's the key is, is, you know, the big lesson that I'm, I'm really trying to learn. I'm not saying that I've learned it yet, but to really appreciate where I'm at, accept where I'm at is totally okay and fine. And I'm sure that people listen to this podcast and I I guess this is probably a fear of mine if I'm even talking about it, but people will listen to this podcast and be like, well, who are these guys that talk about filmmaking, acting, art? Like they haven't done enough to like be a big deal. And it's like, oh, maybe it's true. You know, maybe it is true, but, but you know what? (laughs) I'm sharing what I know. And you know what, if it's crap, it's crap. And you can tell me, but the thing is, is like, 
I've, I've done the best that I could do to this point, And I'm sure who's ever on the end of this, you've done the best you can do. And, and if you're, <laughs> if you're Martin Scorsese and you're saying that, that this is crap, then please, Martin, call me. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> but if you're not Martin Scorsese, then let's shine the mirror back at you. Like, where have you, what have you done with your life? You know what I mean? Like, we're all in a struggle. We're all doing yeah. our own thing. You know what I mean? So, and, and it's so hard because we're taught that we need to be this. And I love that about Fight Club. You know, that monologue that Tyler Durden has yeah. is like, we're all taught we're supposed to be movie stars and whatever. And we're getting really pissed off about it. But it's true. I mean, I was... I was raised like in a, in a, in almost a culture to believe I needed to be a really big deal when I got to, you know, my twenties and thirties and whatever I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be this thing. And then, and then I'm not, you know, I'm not according to the way I think it should look. Yeah. And it's a struggle, (laughs) which is based on, on some idea that you had when you were, you know, a teenager. Yeah. And it, you know, it all comes back down to like, you know, cause you know, probably because I bought in to the idea that that's what would make me valuable. That's yeah. what would make me important. That's what would make me valid. You know, that's make me lovable. That's all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, you don't need any of that to have those things. And you know what, if you get those things, that's really nice. It's a great achievement. But, you know, also we all have to accept too, that we don't all start from the same place either. You know, like, um, some people start in a third world country. You know, some people start with Hollywood parents, you know, we all start from a different place. Yeah. And so, um, but they have their struggle too. Everyone has their own struggle depending on where they are. And so I think, um, I think we, I think that's the big lesson that I'm learning is just accept where I am at and everybody, like we can accept where we're at. We can do a lot more from that and we can be a lot more peaceful, a lot more happy, you know, and then our art can be more of an expression of authenticity, mm-hmm. which is like, this is where I really am. I don't have to pretend to be something other than what I am or, or make what I am wrong. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a big, it's been like hitting me over the head, like (laughs) right and left, you know, everywhere I go. That's fantastic though. Yeah. I love being hit over the head with new perception. (laughs) So what do I have to say, Evan? I have to say, thank you. Yes. (laughs) I'm being hit over the head right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's great, right? It's an opportunity. It just rattles you. It just like, it shakes you up. It challenges what, what you which you thought that you knew. Yeah. You know, but being open to it is, is, you know, it's, it makes it less time. Right. And I think that's, that's one of the great things that I've <laughs> just about getting older. You know, it's like, that's one of those wisdoms that I'm like, I'm starting to learn where I'm just like, okay, I can't like, you know, I can't avoid, avoid pain. Pain's going to happen. You know, I'm going to have my beliefs challenged and, um, but that it's all good, you know, and that the less I resist to it, the faster I'll, I'll go through it mm. and I'll come out the other side. Right. Right. As opposed to just, yeah. Hanging on, squeezing too tight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, this was a good one, man. This one, yeah. all sorts of places. Um, any takeaways you got? I, I feel like we kind of just, we, we kind of surmised a lot of the big points there at the end. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I think this was a really, I really loved this one. This one was really, was really quite lovely. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just, you know, I guess the other big thing that I might take away from this is, is like, yeah, like go like it, pursue something else. Try it. Like it doesn't mean necessarily stop doing what you're doing. If you are in a place of 
you know, this thing that you've committed to as an artist, if it's become so painful, like if it's excruciating and agonizing and, and suffering, you know, it maybe take a look at like, that might be the biggest indication for you to take a little step back from it for a while. Look at doing something else completely different, mm. you know, and come back and see where you are with it, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, follow something else that you really enjoy doing, you know, pursue something else as well. And it will, it will lead you to whatever's next. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose I just leave everyone with the same thing I was finishing off with, which is, you know, that's my lesson in life right now. It seems is accept where I'm at. And, um, you know, and, uh, the same time that I'm thinking I want to be where someone else is, someone's thinking they want to be where I'm at. So grass is always greener. Exactly. And so if I was willing to just accept, um, where I'm at and really appreciate where I'm at, then I think that not only do I have more options and more, but I have more joy, you know, I'm more of a joyful experience of my life. And I think that's where a lot of things need to come from. I think they need to come from a place of joy, not from a place of beating yourself up. I just don't think that creativity really works for beating yourself up. And I think one of the great things about joy is that joy opens up a lot of options. Right. That aren't there when you're in a place of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Until next time, this is the B and E podcast. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family, or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.